Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Man On Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us again and we hope that you enjoyed the first episode of our new season. In our podcast episode today, we're going to be featuring an in-depth look at PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And to do that, we have invited one of our volunteers, probably one of our main volunteers and most active volunteers, Sam McGee, to come along and share his experiences of life and also to shed a bit of light into what PTSD is and how Sam is actually now using his life experiences to support others. But first and foremost, we're going to be doing a check-in with the two other guys along on the podcast, Mick and Murray. Mick, I'll come to yourself first. Uh, how's how's things been, mate? It's been two weeks for we recorded this. Um, since then, we've had sort of a big campaign with Time to Talk that we were involved in. Myself and your face was on the Green Telegraph uh, videos. Um, but that's kind of been one of your, our biggest things, obviously, over the last few weeks. But how's how's the last fortnight been for yourself? Um, hi, mate. Uh, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Um, and it was nice to see you surprised the Time to Talk hang on me as well. Um, it was always nice to see my face. And the spotlight, um, and my nice wee phone voice as well. <laughs> um, no, but I um, last two weeks have been good, mate. Um, I've um, hosting my my first GA meeting tomorrow as well, so I'm a bit nervous about it. Um, but other than that, I think it's going quite well. They did ask me for a specific sort of addiction type video. Um, so gambling, obviously, is is one I, I think um, probably shines out the the limelight in comparison to drugs and alcohol sometimes. Um, so I thought it was. A powerful video, and that's amazing. You're going to be hosting your your uh, GA meeting, mate. Um, I'm sure you'll be, I'm sure you'll be very good at that. Um, Murray, come over to yourself. Uh, how's how's things been with yourself over the last fortnight? Hi, mate. Um, it's the same, isn't it? Um, trying to think if I've even done anything of note, but I don't think I have. Um, I used used to when I came on these podcasts, we talk about stuff I've done with my own, like over the last week or so. But I'm not even been that busy with. Right, I don't think I've, I generally don't think I've done anything exciting in the last two weeks that we've done this, but we're still surviving, still plodding along, so it's not too bad. What's going on right in that, I suppose? So that's good. Um, and I, Mickey does that all the time. Text me, like, oh, I need a video for the afternoon, mate. Can you get it, can you get it done? And I'm sitting there and work that. What a terrible time to spring out on us. That's what I can name it as a But But um, I'm just the usual. I know it's a push answer, but I've got nothing else to No, listen, mate, it's probably an answer that if anybody's listening to it, they can probably relate to it. Mm. One thing that, that's happening today, and it's a big event in my calendar every year, is Pancake Tuesday. Um, obviously, a big pancake fan myself, so um, <laughs> tried there to make pancakes with the wings and realised very badly that I'm a failed parent because I can't do that so <laughs> um, burnt them so I did have a backup plan though I got the crumpets for Tesco um, so they're currently eating them so if anybody can hear any scoffing in the background um, as my kids but they're, they're actually alright and they're safe um, but I, I think a lot of people can relate to the fact that you've done nothing over the last two weeks of note because of where we're at but I suppose a positive note Mick for myself and, and you um, not you yet Mary you're you're uh, maybe going to have kids in the future, but no, I don't know. But, um, a positive note for, for us is uh, First Minister announced today that schools will be having a phased return back to um, back to getting the kids back in the building and stuff like that, um, which will be, will be good. How's that impact yourself, Mick? 
Um, I was going to say I can't wait, but that makes me sound like an even bigger fail parent than you <laughs> after the pancake incident. <laughs> um, no, it's, do you know what, mate? It's, it's brilliant because I mean it's it's mere for the wee man because he's he keeps on saying, "Daddy, when's coronavirus away? Can I see my friends and stuff like that?" And he's only three years of age. He shouldn't be saying that kind of stuff. Um, so I, he's, he's he's buzzing. I told him the day, and he's he's really excited to go back. So. And it gives, it gives me a wee break as well, because it's quite hard to work for him and watch him as well. So you've got to kind of balance it and make sure he's getting everything he needs. But um, my work's been quite good with that as well. But uh, it's, it's a bit of positive news, and hopefully we can continue. But again, it's just one step at a time with the, the pandemic, isn't it? Because, like you said, I don't have wins in that. So if pure ignorance, I don't really know what it is. But what is the phase return like? What does it look like? Is it certain years going back in certain days? And then vice versa each week? Aye, so they let preschool, so nursery, and I think primary one and primary two, or possibly primary three, I'm not too sure. I think they go back first, and then the older ones go back in a kind of phase return approach, um, as far as I'm aware. But to be honest, i just seen preschool, and I just kind of zoomed away from it. That's all that matters to me, so aye, I folks done the, the nursery side of it. Uh, Monday, Monday the 22nd, aye. We start on Monday. Um, it's a bit of a strange one for me, because Aria goes back, um, and Zach, does not Aye, so Arya goes back and Zach doesn't, but aye, we'll just need to see how it goes. But we should probably touch on a wee thing you had said there, Mick, and I think for a lot of guys, dads, mums, whoever it is, carers, that's been trying to work from home and do the homeschooling and stuff like that, it's been really stressful, I think. Um, I've been quite fortunate because of my job and my wife's job that I've been able to get the kids in a, a key workers hubs a couple of days a week. Um, but... Out with that, it's it's quite stressful. So uh, I'd imagine um, a lot of people are feeling that. So it is a big announcement, I think, to try and get back to normality. A lot of people in my work are having to like change our working patterns. So um, make sure all our meetings are only morning ones or taking non working days on Fridays, kind of thing, um, just so they can help with homeschooling. But it sounds like absolute mayhem, man. You can hear some of the rains that and uh, on the mics when we're in calls. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> 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 No, it's, it's it's carnage, um, and I think it's probably not fair on a kid's day if, like you no, no. or your partner or your wife or whatever, your husband, if they're at home and you're glued to the laptops, you can't really do anything with the, the kids either. So, okay, it's it's strange times, but we're moving moving forward. Um, Thank God for Paw Patrol. Hi, <laughs> Peppa Pig, Peppa Pig for me. That, that's just that's just for Zach. <laughs> Peppa Pig. That's for Murray. Aye, aye. Um, so, I before we move on to to obviously invite Sam in, um, we we obviously did we section or segment on Fitbit, which has been actually not bad for yourself, Mick. Um, over the last few weeks, your Fitbit team's managed to string a few wins together. How's it? Are you buzzing? Oh, come on. I'm so ecstatic, Chris. Aye, thanks very much, mate. I'm absolutely buzzing. Um, this is what we shouldn't do this every two weeks. So Fitbit should be a one half um, until we start performing. Um, but no, it's, it's been good, mate. It's been good. My phone's been a wee bit quieter. Um, people like yourself and Murray have gave us a bit of a break. Um, but we're playing the Morris, so I'm not even going to say too much. <laughs> it's been a wee bit better. <laughs> it's been a small improvement, but um, aye, we'll leave it at that. Yous are playing domestic football this week, aren't you? Oh, here we go. Aye, and yous are playing international football. I don't care, foreign football, <laughs> European, but I care around you, honestly. <laughs> I'll have to you into that. Yeah, that was class. Sorry, mate. Sorry. When you come up on these, like, you, obviously you don't plan and you're talking about No, It's only like half an hour, but you're just going to say a lot of shit. And then it's a few days down the line. And you kind of forget we were talking about. I had shaky. Mel made a few cents on the podcast, mate, before it went out. Aye, I did. On, like a Friday after, and they went, podcast was great, mate. I was like, oh, cheers. 
went, apart to being called a strange Morton fan. And I went, did I say that? <laughs> went, no, you didn't, Mick did. I was like, you said it, did I say it? I stand by that comment. You message me the same, you message me the same. Um, aye, but obviously you've, you've been doing all right, um, winning games and, and, and getting results. So that'd be interesting. I think me and you spoke about this, Mick, but I think it'll be interesting to see if, if the form obviously continues, if, if uh, they do, do a change of manager in the summer. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I think they should have made a change in January or even before January when it mattered and we could have had a chance but um, there's no point changing it right now I don't, I don't even know I really don't want to the, I've seen the statement that came out when it's just a lot of nonsense just kind of deflecting stuff and um, ideally we would have had a new manager that could have got his own players in or his own pre-contracts in for the summer um, but we don't know who's going to be the recruitment guy who's going to, are we going to get a director of football it's just there's just no communication that makes any sense so we're all kind of setting guessing, but they're playing. They're playing kind of. They're playing a risky game with season book renewals. Um, a lot of people might not want to do it, but again, that's that's down to their own personal preference. But see, genuine question, Mick. See, yeah, mm-hmm. like obviously, I've watched um, highlights or sports scene or whatever the last couple of weeks. And in fact, I watched the game. Who was the game against? Is it Mirren on Sunday? I watched that. Um, oh, it's uh, Sunday. It's St. Johnson. St. Johnson uh, and. The summer football is actually not bad. So do you think with the performances stay up and the results keep up, do you think they'll just keep them? No, listen mate, this is what I said, I'll shake you behind when I say this, but this is what I said on Go Radio, because he always thinks I'm trying to do next Cy Ferry or something, it's all nonsense, but he, he takes a piss all the time about it. But um, that's my biggest concern, is that we actually do well until the end of the season, and then they go right, all right, so you've got a good run together, you've got a bit of momentum, give them next season as well. And that could be an even bigger car crash, so God knows. It, it doesn't matter, there's no point. What's the point in doing it now when the, when the season's done? And what you'll find is players like Edward are playing for it to be in the short window, they're playing to try and get attention a bigger club. So he's turned it off the last few weeks. Aye, absolutely. But where, where was he at the start of the season? Why was why did he not turn up then? And oh, they're, just, they're just so inconsistent. Um it's 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 really frustrating, but I'm not even going to say too much more about it because I can see your smiles developing on both your faces and it's getting quite annoying. Funny you mentioned Go Radio well because after this first podcast we done, I think it was a couple of days later or something, there was a thing all over Twitter, Facebook, any social media you had Chris on, like, oh, here's me talking to, who is it? I can't remember the guy's name, but it was on Go Radio. We phoned in, they'd done this whole thing about his podcast and that left me and you in the dark, supposed to be his mm-hmm. pals. And he's going uh-huh. in and he's today and I talking. Or oh, I do this from man on. I'm so good. Aye. To be honest, I've not, I've, not, I've not Chris for a long time. He's always been like that. It's always been... Just like that. Uh, <laughs> 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 hey, listen, I just... I was I was trying to use my initiative that day. That was what it was. Um, no, aye, it, really well. <clears throat> aye, it, it did. Um, uh, before we move on to Sam, uh, quickly, Murray, Rangers over the last few weeks, it's been... It's been not too bad. Um, oh, they would just uh, see. Any crisis or anything, but. Uh, well, the goal on Saturday itself is unbelievable. Oh, um, But the week before, I watched it with my dad, and um, you know what, we obviously this Hamilton goal went in, and you thought you were sick because we conceded our last, last kick of the ball goal. But it wasn't a proper, like, oh, we've just been done out of result there. It was, I was deserved. I mean, like, <laughs> if anything, they deserved the three points. We didn't deserve anything for that game, but. Uh, the fact they're still one beating and that's obviously still good, but <clears throat> it's that whole classic cliche of 
it's very games that like see for example that game on Saturday only one nil at Hamilton Kelly like that's the games that win your titles it's that pure you say it every season although we don't win titles every season obviously but it's still a quote that's been said all the time so no it's very true and I think um, you, you know we're, we're probably not performing at the level we would want but we're still keeping no, clean sheets and, that's, that's, and it'll be interesting um, in Europe on Thursday I honestly think if we can get by this which is always a banana skin um, I do think we could, depending on the draw, obviously, I do think we could maybe go in another run or two, but mm. we just need to see how it goes. Um, I definitely don't want us to take the eye off the ball domestically. I uh, couldn't care less about Europe this year. They're um, making most competition anyway, is it not? Aye, mm. aye, that's, that's right, mate, every year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a uh, most competition up until 2008. And then we almost won it, and it was a quality. Exactly. And after that, it's a mega man's got We can't really talk about the 2008 run because you didn't really play well in any game to get there. It was all penalties and OGs and deflections and whatever. Exactly, that's what makes it so good. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm looking, for, looking forward to, obviously, hopefully, the rest of the season. But we'll see, yeah, see yeah. how it goes. Look forward to Thursday. Do you know, see, in December when it was like game after game, like Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, I forgot about Europe because I was just focusing on the league so much. So it's came around quite nice then. That's why, that's why you seem to play your best football, to be honest, and I'm saying that reluctantly as a Celtic fan, but it's he's have played your best football in Europe this season. I personally think it's it's due to the fact and I think we play some of our best football, maybe not this season, but I think we play some of our best football against Celtic as well because Celtic come out and they actually try and attack mm-hmm. you and they go for it. Um we play some we play well against Hubs as well. Usually we tend to play well against teams that like to open up and play you and try and combat you. Ross County is another example. You've got them at the weekend, Mick, where it's a manager who, you know, they want to come at you and they want to play out for the back. And and we took five off them. Hamilton as well. I know they get a roast. That is a testament to Hamilton and Ross County that they came to Ibrooks and they didn't sit back and then they just wait. They went through it. I like seeing that a few weekends. I know obviously they pumped eight 0 five 0 respectively, but it's still good to see. I know, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But aye, so we'll we'll catch up again on this in in two weeks' time. So I'm now delighted to be joined on the podcast by Sam McGee. Sam is one of our valued volunteers and as we mentioned in the first segment, a very active volunteer for, for Man On and very happy that he's he's part of our team but also very happy that he's coming today to share his story and also his support work that he's doing for Man On Inverclyde. So welcome to the podcast Sam, how's things with yourself mate? Hi Chris, I things are good mate, things are all good here, I've got nothing really to complain about, life's uh, quite dandy at the moment, considering uh, the world's upside down, but no, nothing really changed for me, I've still got my, no, I'm still work outside and uh, life hasn't really affected me much uh, as compared to other people, so I'm quite uh, fortunate in that aspect. That's brilliant. That's good to hear, mate. Good to hear. And obviously you're coming along today to share a bit of your, your journey with life um, and also your, your volunteering. And on yeah. on our, our podcast today, we're focusing on PTSD. And as I mentioned at the start, that's post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, before we mm-hmm. go into your story, Sam, can you just explain a bit about what PTSD is for somebody that's maybe listening and has never heard the term before? Yeah, no problem. So uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, disorder is an anxiety disorder. Uh, it usually develops through a, 
if you've experienced uh, some kind of fright in your life, any stress or uh, a, a trauma, you know, something that's really impacted and affected you, uh, it can manifest in so many different ways, physically and mentally. Uh, the only difference is it's so easy to recognise somebody's hurt when they've got a cast on or a stucky, you know, and they've got a broken bone. But when it's all in your head, you know, it's very hard to distinguish and recognise uh, what's going on with someone, you know. Mm-hmm. So everybody's journey with PTSD is completely unique. Uh, two people could experience the exact same trauma and uh, act in two different ways, you know. But uh, it's like uh, some of the stuff that some of the symptoms are avoiding people in places, uh, flashbacks, hallucinating, uh, lack of sleep because of the nightmares and stuff that people are getting. So you're not wanting to go to sleep. And when you day sleep, you're, uh, you've got all these nightmares that are building up. And generally, nightmares tend to be uh, memories that have happened. You know, so it's not as if it's just a, you know, like you're saying, oh, it's, ju- it's just a nightmare, you know, it's just a dream. It tends to be you're reliving those actions or what you've seen or what you've done uh, subconsciously uh, in your sleep. So uh, it can be very distressful for people, which yeah. is why a lot of people tend to, that have PTSD, tend to commit suicide. I mean, there's uh, 20,000 cases a year uh, in the UK alone of PTSD, so it is very common for people to get it, not just through a military background, through any background at all. You have PTSD, you live with it without even knowing you're living with it. You think it's a normal way to behave and live, and it's not, so you need to really get these kind of things treated as soon as you can if you see uh, the changes in yourself. Yep, yep, no, it's, it's well well summed up, I think, and, and obviously, you know, I think you're obviously going to share this, but part of your uh, journey is your impact with uh, PTSD. And you mentioned a military background. Um, So let's kind of look back at at that, your life experience, I suppose, including your your time in the armed forces, if you can maybe share some of your experiences for us. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Well, I joined the army in 2003. Uh, I joined a tank regiment, so it'd be quite cool to drive a big tanks and gun them and stuff. Uh, it was cool for a while, but it was the same as any other job, you know, you, you, you think you're into it, you think everything's going brilliant and going good, which it was, but then you, you tend to get a wee bit bored, so you're looking for something else to do. So uh, I went to Canada uh, to do some training. There's a big place for the British Army to go do training in Canada. This was my first sort of real uh, look at, PTSD and the effects that uh, death has on people uh, in the military. Uh, we were out in Canada and one of the boys accidentally, when we you do two weeks live firing uh, out in the ranges and out in the prairie, and uh, one of the boys accidentally put three rounds into his own chest and uh, he died. And the next day it was everything back to normal and you know, you got on with the rest of the year, but we were out for another, I think we were out for another 23 days after that, 23, 24 days. It was, it, no, it wasn't a, it wasn't an end of exercise. It was, you know, fairly close to the beginning. So, uh, the, what our CEO said was, in a wartime situation, things don't stop, so we won't stop. So that was basically it. You know, you didn't get time to think about what happened and what other people were going through. It was just tend to, crack on and keep going 
you know, and it's not till you're out of that situation you realise that this isn't this isn't normal. This isn't a normal way of living, you know. But uh, at the time you don't really see it. So that was my first experience of death in the military and not so much PTSD for me, but I seen it on other guys, you know, other guys changing, you know, the small small bits of their routine like coming away and uh, and then it wasn't till my first tour of Iraq, I did two tours of Iraq, my first tour of Iraq, uh, we lost one of the guys in my squadron and C squadron, we lost him, uh, he was a 100 soldier to die, he'd be killed in Iraq, uh, Gordon Pritchard, nice big guy, cracking big guy, and uh, loved his job, loved his family, and it just so happens 100 metres outside the camp, uh, there was an, an IED, and they went over it, and that was it. That was the end of him. My other pal, uh, Stuart, he ended up having to get 23 operations on his face alone uh, because he took the impact to the the IUD on his face because he was top cover. So all these things tend to stick with people. Uh, and some people don't necessarily think about it much, but other people do. And that's where PTSD comes into comes into play, Chris. Because uh, if you don't think about it, it's okay. If that's your personality and that's how you are, and you tend to live in the moment, and what's happened happened, and there's nothing you can do about it, that is a completely okay way to live. When you do start to think about stuff, and these things start popping up, and you start getting flashbacks, nightmares, you start avoiding people, you don't want to talk to anybody. Uh, your sleeping pattern goes, your eating goes, you know, you're, you're either eating too much or too less. You know, it's not just a, it's a physical effect as well as a mental effect that it has on you. You know, uh, you could get shakes. Your, what, what was happening with me a lot is uh, my jaw was locked and I was cracking my jaw, my teeth. I had uh, like gum shield, like gum guards in uh, to stop me grinding my teeth. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the impact is severe. And I've been working on this for about oh, about 15 years now, Chris, mm-hmm. where a lot of people think that they can just go and get a wee quick fix and, you know, everything's all right. And that's not the case. You know, it takes a, it takes a lot of work to get over some of the stuff that uh, you see, and not just through a, a military background dealer, you know, through uh, personal experiences outside the military as well. Yeah, no, thank you very much for, for sharing a lot of that stuff and, I can't even imagine, to be honest, the the anguish that that comes through because you're talking about, you know, real violent deaths of people that you obviously became friends with. You know, obviously you spoke about your uh, friend who was the 100th person to die. Um, And I just can't, you know, get my head around the pain that that would cause. So it's it's actually no wonder that you're continuing, obviously, to, to fight those battles. And as I say, thanks for for sharing that and I suppose it moves me on to maybe my next thought which is the the huge links between mental health issues and completed suicides with people from the armed forces Um, Mm -hmm. I I see things like that quite a bit Um, and I've spoke to you know, we've had the opportunity, the good opportunity to speak to a number of um, people who have served in the armed forces and the, the impact that's had on them why, why do you think it is so high? Is Is it purely down to the amount of trauma that you're subjected to, or is it is it a bit deeper than that? 
to be honest, Chris, uh, it comes down to the individual, basically. Uh, you know, as I was saying, like everybody's like, like two people can go through exact same trauma, and one could have, you know, like the one will have worse side effects than our one. You know, it just it's completely down to the person. Uh, I've had five friends now that have uh, killed killed herself, unfortunately. Uh, and you could tell at least three of them were suffering from PTSD, you know, but it's all guys that show a smile, funny guys, life and soul are parties, you know, family men, uh, with kid, young kids, you know, wife, uh, the dog, you know, the, everything, everything going for them, mate. And there are people that you would say to yourself, I can't believe that happened. Mm -hmm. You know, it, and it does, it happens to the most... Uh, normal people you would think you know that are struggling with the demons inside themselves and they just don't know how to open up Chris I think that's it that's the main that's the main thing why I started getting involved uh, with, with man on itself because uh, after the last friend that I had that died I says how can you how can you sit back and watch this happen time and time again so I took a stand and I started doing a couple of counselling courses and stuff and now I'm on my way to becoming a, a CBT therapist and it's all through getting that PTSD and it's all through guys basically in the army that feels as if they're not getting anywhere to turn because everybody needs to be strong everybody needs to be that that strong link you know you kind of have a weak link if you have a weak link you know you're not classed as being weak but you know people don't want to want to have you in their team mm -hmm. as as much you know so uh, I think it all comes from trying to be strong when really you don't need to be strong all the time Show your weaknesses. I think that's. I think it's very strong for people to show their weaknesses. It shows you the kind of person you are that you're not afraid to stand up and say, "I need help, but I've got a problem." And I think that's where a lot of these cases lie, Chris, where uh, people just aren't doing that because of the stigma around asking for help and mm -hmm. the stigma around mental health. Yeah, yeah. No, I would agree with you in, in a general sense. Obviously, out with the the armed forces, I think that's a big issue and. Personally, for me, setting up Man On was a, a similar story um, in terms of, you know, suicide being around me, suicide, potential further suicides and future suicides being being around me as well and sort of wanting to do something about it. And that's obviously why we're here. And obviously, I, I know why you have now taken the step that, that you've taken, Sam, to become a volunteer with us. And effectively what you're doing is you're, you're using your life experiences to try and support other people. Now, that's not a given that everybody does that. Why are you doing that? Why not, man? You know, why Why would you Why would you want to sit back if you've got a chance to help somebody that's in need? That's the way I see it, Chris. Uh, why could I really live with myself knowing that I could have helped somebody and I just thought of myself and couldn't be bothered, and then found out that something happened to them. I, I, I couldn't. I'm not. I'm. I'm not that way. Uh, I'm not built that way, Chris. Uh, maybe I was at one point where my PTSD, my depression, and stuff was uh, so bad that I had this deep hole inside where you didn't feel anything at all. You you felt nothing for your kids or your family. You felt nothing for it, and all I felt was just anger and bitterness and betrayal. No idea why I felt betrayed by people, but I did. I felt betrayed by people. And no one gave me any inkling or anything to be betrayed for. So uh, I would love to help someone who felt like that, who felt like I did. And I would, if it was me, if somebody could show me at the time a place like Man On when I was feeling so low, 
maybe I could uh, help myself a wee bit more mm-hmm. years ago. You know, because this is this has been like a ten. This has been between ten, fifteen years. Gradual working on myself, mate. Keeping myself grounded, knowing my triggers and stuff. So that's what I want to try and do to other people. I want to see where they're coming from, a bit of their background, uh, what's going on with them, and uh, I want to know their triggers. I want to know what makes them tick. I want to know what makes them happy. I want to know what makes them sad, so that we can get by that. We can face it together, and we can sort it out as a team instead of them having to sort stuff out on their own so that's my goal mate my goal potentially is that no one ever needs a place like man on Inverclyde but mm-hmm. at the same time there's always going to be a place like that because society's days everybody's looking for a quick fix and there's no quick fix to some of the stuff that you need to get through mate you know it's uh, some of the stuff that you need to get through you need to just uh, bear with it and grind with it as I was saying to you the other night you know it's, uh, it's not a race you know it's okay to be the it's okay to be a turtle, you know, not everybody needs to be the hare, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, slow and steady wins the race all the time. Uh, when it comes to your mental health, you know, don't don't, uh, don't underappreciate it. Yep, and I think that's a really good analogy in terms of people trying to get a, an idea of not rushing things and things don't need to be right first time. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of things in regards to addictions, for example, where it's not about, you know, absolutely chucking everything right away and that's you because then that might fail it's about harm Mm -hmm. reduction and it's about reducing that harm to yourself and it's similar to your mental health it's about trying to work out what sort of things we can do at a pace that suits us um and totally agree with that and i think it's a good analogy uh because i think a lot of people um try and fix problems these days by taking corners and taking the quick fix and uh, as we know that 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 might work initially, but long term, mm-hmm. um, what goes up sort of comes down in that regard if you're doing it too soon or too quick. So really good advice there. Um, and obviously we have, I know from the feedback that we've got from the podcast, we have people listening to the podcast that are concerned about a loved one or a friend or a family member's mental health and wellbeing. Um mm-hmm. If someone is listening in that capacity to, to this podcast and they've got maybe concerns about their loved one or friend who has PTSD or they, they feel that they may have PTSD due to an earlier trauma experienced, what would be your advice to them, the carers, the, the partners, the wives, the husbands, the boyfriends, whatever? Uh, I would say try and push them on their feelings, but don't push too much because you don't want to push them away at the same time. It can be very difficult, Chris. Uh, dealing with somebody because you don't know the extent of how they're feeling if they're not opening up to you, you know. And a lot of times people only want to open up because it's either going to come down to mostly two things. It's going to come down to the stigma of having mental health issues or not wanting to worry anybody that's running about you. But those two things, once they build up inside you and you're not letting in now, that something needs to come out somewhere. And more times it's going to come out in a negative way and it's going to have a negative impact on either that person or the loved ones around them. So what we, what I, I need to try and sort of achieve is getting them to talk to our loved ones, ask them how they're feeling. If they feel as if a loved one doesn't want to talk to them because it might be too close. Family, fr- friends, they might be too close. They might not want to talk to their family and friends about it through fear of judgment and resentment. So, or whatever the circumstances may be. So, pass the number to Man on Inverclyde. 
get 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 it going through that where they can come to somebody who is a stranger who doesn't know them, who isn't going to be judging them, who will take them at face value, who will try and help them along the way, where it's taking it away from the partner, wife, husband, you know, like kids, whatever, you know, carers, uh, taking it away from them, giving them a wee bit of uh, time as well, because living with somebody with PTSD can be uh, challenging in its own because you don't know what's going on with them. So if you don't know what's going on with them, how can you help them? You know, so uh, I would say anybody that's either suffering from PTSD or is living with somebody who you think might have PTSD, please get in touch uh, with Man on Inverfy through one of our social media pages and uh, someone will get back to you and we'll see what we can do from there. That's great. Thank you. And and I, I suppose just to add on to that, I, I personally um, mm-hmm. have had support from the Inverclyde Carers Centre myself um, yep. through a, a family member uh, in their struggles. And it was with mm-hmm. mental health and I, I can't speak uh, highly enough of the support that I got from every staff member that I've encountered in the Carers Centre. I know they're not operating as, as much as they would like to at the minute, but... Um, you know, on and, and top of coming to us or whatever, um, certainly reach out to them. And I've, I've certainly passed that information over to as many people who have asked me. Um, my experience with them was, was excellent. I was able to sort of get time for myself and work out exactly uh, how I was feeling while I was trying to support somebody else who was uh, suffering from PTSD. So, but no, it's good advice. Yep. And and for people listening, obviously, I shared at the start of the podcast and at the start of your interview, you are probably our most active uh, volunteer in terms of, you know, delivering face-to-face interventions in our wellbeing centre. So can you, yep. um, first and foremost, thanks for everything that you do because it's <laughs> massively needed um it's a pleasure man it's a pleasure you're doing an amazing job without a shadow of doubt you're you're making a real impact in people i know that personally um from people that i've spoke to um in particular a, a number of the guys that are coming along at different points so you, you deserve enormous credit for you know i suppose using what you've experienced in life to then try and help other people so if anybody's listening to this and they're thinking i might want to go along to this guy's group or go and speak to him how do they get in touch what nights is it on what times is it on sort of thing yep so we have a group that's on on a monday night and that's just as you know it's just uh you pop along you shoot the shit you know you just have a wee chat and stuff like that a wee coffee and a tea uh, and you you get to know the guys that are not only the the guys that are going to the center uh but you also get to know the volunteers as well because you need to remember like uh, the volunteers they need some help as well you know no, no one's perfect but we're still human at the end of the day you know so uh, I so that's a Monday night from uh, six o'clock, and then my group on a Wednesday is a peer support group, and that's more about uh, getting your feelings out uh, and trying to change your outlook in life. Because a lot of guys are depressed, and a lot of guys are feeling as if they're stuck in a cycle where it's just no, they're just having shit day upon shit day upon shit day. So I tell my guys uh, that I will put as much effort in them as they put into themselves. So, and it's all about changing your habits, changing your routines, getting out of this negative routine and thinking of a positive routine, uh, changing wee bits of their daily routine to a better outlook. So my Wednesday group is all about sharing and getting your feelings out there in the open. And it's all about helping each other as well, because uh, my guys on my 
in my Wednesday group, they actually talk to each other and they tell each other how they're feeling, you know, and sometimes I could be sitting back and I don't need to say anything. The guys do all the work for themselves, you know, so it's good like that and they build a bond, I build a bond with them and it's really, it, it can be really close and it can be quite emotional. A couple of times I've been nearly, uh, nearly in tears uh, listening to some of the journeys that some of the guys have been through and the progress that they're making. And fair enough, they have wee spills and they have wee setbacks and stuff, but that's exactly what it is. It's a setback and that's all it is. You know, it's like, no, everybody has them. I don't care who you are, who in the world, everybody needs help at one point. So that's what Wednesdays are all about. So that's uh, 6 till 7, 7 till 8, and then 8 till 9. And then on a Friday, it's just like a Monday and it's just coming in. Uh, shooting the breeze with the guys, just having a wee bit of a laugh and a joke and a carry on. But if anybody needs any one to one, a one to one chat, then we've got a wee room that we can uh, grab a wee coffee or a cup of tea. We can go and we can have a wee one to one because I've started with a, another guy called Peter, uh, who's a new volunteer and he's great. He's brilliant with the guys. He's uh, so active in the and the group talks and stuff. So he's a he's a brilliant benefit to have uh, alongside me as a as my wee partner in crime, you know. So uh, that's from half twelve till two o'clock. So uh, I just come ahead, get in touch with somebody through social media. They'll get you booked in, and uh, we'll take it from there. And it's like take things day by day, step by step. You know, don't make any big plans. Just live life any moment as they are no that's great and uh, again just to reiterate what you've said there the the volunteers are uh, you know like Sir Peter who's just came on board um, he's doing unbelievable work already um, mm-hmm. and you've got a welcoming face when you come in and all your volunteers really really care about the guys because all your volunteers are people that have experienced stuff in their life they've either been at death's door through thoughts of suicide the the sort of crippling levels of addiction that has has captured them at one point um or they've they've just generally just had a, a right tough run at things um yeah definitely and, and all your guys bring that and and more uh, to the table so thank you very much for for sharing that and hopefully if if anybody's interested in attending any of the groups or whatever that you've got on they'll just get in touch with us through the the usual means um but thanks yeah. very much for for coming on to the the podcast Sam and thanks again for for all your support it's a pleasure man no problem cheers for listening to the man on podcast and happy to have you here with us we are delighted to be sponsored this year by a local decking company uh, who go by the name of Godek. You can find them on Facebook or on their website when you're searching for them. It's important to remember the hyphen in between Go and Deck. So you'll find them on www.go-deck.com. Thank you. <laughs>